Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. Each week, we discuss a software design problem and how we might solve it using functional principles and the Clojure programming language. So, Christoph, what are we going to talk about this week? I wanted to keep talking about our Twitter application. Our Twitter! So last week, we got it working so we could change our mind on the search. And now it just runs and runs and runs. It re-auths. I think we did the week before. We can re-authenticate. And it just goes. But... Uh, so I think from an application point of view, it feels like it's doing a good job. But there's just something about the way we structured the code that's been kind of irritating me a bit. Yeah, yeah. We kind of just kept throwing more mud under the side of the side of the the main function there. We got we got something working, but but it's it's kind of it's not really structured in a way that we can really grow it to make something bigger. Yeah. So what what irritated me is yeah that main function. And that main function, it's just we, we create all the resources. Like we, we needed that channel so that our web handler that receives a new search term can send our polling loop the new search, right? So we create right. that core async channel to do that. And so we're making this web server in this main loop, like in the main function, the application main function. We have our polling loop like right there in the main function. And we make the query async channel, hand it to all this. So it's just like this big thing. And so even though it's a small program, it's probably totally acceptable, totally acceptable for a small pro- uh, program. But just kind of as things get bigger, it's nice to to really like break these into these cohesive pieces that kind of have one job. Okay, so you mean like so- something that does just that j- just manages you know, just the, 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 the curl UI and then something that just does the, the, the loop, you know, so we have these different parts of the application that, right. that each kind of has their own, their own, uh, their own concern. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like a two, two part problem, right? Because one is like, okay, we're doing all this stuff in this main loop. It's, it's like the, it's, it feels a little like the spaghetti is coming together. And then the other is like a practical problem. So when we run this thing uh, during development, we have to run main. And so then main starts and then it never stops. And the, and the only way to really like kill this thing when we're changing the code and start over again is to exit the REPL and come back into the REPL. Oh yeah. Which is a giant pain, right? So it'd be nice if we could like bring it up and down and bring it up and down. And in order to be able to bring these parts up and down, you know, we need, we, we need, well, parts that can be started and stopped, right? And, and, so it's, and it's like separate. a related problem. Yeah, and be separate from both the main and the REPL because both the main and the REPL are, are their own threads that have their own concerns that we want to... Right. We want to take away, we want to be able to detach from, from the components themselves. Right, main is really all about um, when you run this thing from the actual command line. Right, so we shouldn't be we shouldn't be running main from the REPL, and and like you're saying, it'd be great. We we should make we should make like a system. We should we should be able to spin this thing up, and start and stop this thing, um, separately. And then basically, main has one job: like start this thing, wait for somebody to hit Control C to get out of the application, and then shut it all down. Right, right. And, it really... and then in the REPL, we can start and stop and start and stop and start and stop. This thing over and over again, right? And so, it, yeah, the 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 real the real advantage comes where we want where we want to 
be able to start and stop it in the REPL and, and change code and change the way that the, th- the application is assembled uh, without having to exit the REPL and incur that startup time again. Right. Yeah, the idea is we can change the code and then we can um, stop what we have. We can reload the code and restart the, the new code that we just installed thanks to our REPL editor integration. Right. So, so we can iterate quickly on the, on the features as we develop it. Although, ironically, we're like here after we made the thing, right? But, but if we <laughs> want to continue development and add more features, it'd be nice to get this stuff componentized. Yeah, it's one thing that, I'm, that I, I'm, I've become more sure of over my career is that no application is actually done. Uh, the more you use something and the more useful it becomes, the more you think, oh, I wish that it would, like, what if we wanted to write tweets down? Or what if we wanted to send them to our phones? Or what if we wanted to do other things? Uh, you can't just keep spinning off threads that do those things um, and, and unmanage them without, without knowing how the application is going to shut down or be able to develop it in the REPL. It's only going to get more complex. Useful apps only get more complex. Right. And so I think we're running into what people call like the component problem or the dependency yeah. problem. When I hear dependencies, I think like like uh, Maven dependencies. But but this is like the software component dependency problem, right? Where we want to make these like these pieces that have one job and then kind of connect them together. That way we don't end up with code that that has like all these references to all these other parts of the code. And so then you end up with this big spaghetti mess. Yeah, right? a, lot, a, lot like, a lot like how functions allow us to um, abstract away different concerns and, and combine them together in unique ways. A component is kind of like a collection of functionality that only does one thing but that has well-known inputs and outputs that you can then assemble together in in unique ways without having to change the component. Right. And, and then it, the, the key is like, it gives us this little comprehensible piece that we can really understand on its own, because if it, if it reaches out and it's hitting all these other parts of the application, you have all these references all over the place, then everything starts touching everything. And then once everything touches everything, you have to understand everything in order to understand anything in the code, right? You have to understand all of it in order to understand a part of it because it all references each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, like you said, just like a function gives you this nice clean unit of abstraction where it's like, here are all the parameters that come in and I can understand what those are. And then I can see what that function does and all its dependencies, what it, what it does. Then, then like a component, sort of the next level up, right? It's like a a system of things, and then and it depends on some some other external resources that come into the component. They get handed into the component, and then you can understand what it does as a bit of a higher level, um, in isolation without necessarily having to go and read all the the source code of all the other things in the application. Right. And and in this sense, we're talking about both about the, the idea of components and, and also specifically about the actual component library um, from Stuart Sierra um, that you and I have both have a lot of experience with. Um, right. I was going to say we should take the, the Stuart Sierra component 
library. Like it's it's appropriately named and poorly named. <laughs> it's right. it's one of those things it's hard to Google for because it 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 is named exactly what it is. It's a component library. Um, <laughs> but it's very appropriately named because it's exactly what it is, right? <laughs> so yes, component the concept and component the library. So I was thinking we should take component the library and we should split up this main function into some parts and make them proper components. And then we can use the component REPL to start and stop these things, like the REPL integration that the component, that component library has. Comes with, right. Which or is that called the component with. REPL. Right. Okay, so so how many components should we break it into? I mean, well, ob- there's obviously it, there's two. To, there's 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 the, the, the one that gets the... The, the the curl commands and then there's the the part the, the the loop that actually does the fetching and the printing and we could we could just do two big components right. like that i guess well yeah i think definitely we need a component that starts up the web server it has the func it has a code in there for starting the web server and the and the function that handles the search endpoint you know um and then we need a component for the the polling loop so we like start the polling loop and then we have to exit the polling loop and then, but they have to communicate with the core async channel. So I think that can actually be its own component, right? So the, the core async channel that they share, we make that its own component. And then we pass that little micro component, if you will, into each of the other components. And that's how they each get a reference to it. Oh, right? cool. That's, I, I thought I originally was thinking we could just have, have the, 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 the curl component, reference the 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 searcher component directly and then just request it at, at, at the the core async out of it but but that makes the 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 um curl component know too much about so to speak what's downstream of it if all it has yeah. is the the channel component it basically says hey there's a channel i just need to send it whatever the data i get and i don't i don't need to care about how that's handled on the other side so it really does. It really having, yeah. having that little one in the middle really decouples the two the two logic components, so to speak. Right. And so when I first started with the component library, uh, I got a little bit confused because there are sort of these two facets to it that uh, I didn't understand both of them. So originally, when I started with a component library, I really latched onto the lifecycle interface that that you implement. And the lifecycle interface met, lets you start and stop your thing, right? So you can make these stateful components. So you you implement a start method, and that start method is going to return that reference that that has a uh, you know points to an atom or something. Because, yeah, because all the data is immutable, you have right. to return your fully formed component. You can't just start things and and assume that it's going to handle it. You have to return your new value. Right. So like the web, so let's say we have this web server component. Yeah. So this web server component, we're going to implement the the start method and we're just going to have Aleph start up the web server. It's going to give us a reference to the started web server and we can just return that reference as our, our started component, let's say. Oh, and then, interesting. And then we, okay. we implement the stop method. The stop method is going to be handed that same reference that we, we let go, we returned from the start method. And so then the stop method, we have a reference to the started web server. So we tell the started web server, hey, shut down now, quit. And then um, we, we can just return basically an empty, you know, reference back back out 
for the stopped component if we want. Right. Component has this interesting rule, though, about nil references, like you shouldn't return a nil reference. So really, practically, what you do is you have to make a, like a record, and then that record has one field or however many fields you want. Um, and so it, like our started web server would be a field in this record. So we, we kind of return a version of the record that has the, the started web server field, like the web server field set. And then in yeah. the stop it, return a version of the record where the web server field is set to nil. Yeah. Right? Well, Once it's and, and one of the other fields, it needs at least two fields. One's the web server that you started and one's the, the, the channel component that you're sending uh, information along. So you, cause you, you, you get handed right. that reference by, by component itself. So you, yeah. So making it a record, you know, which is basically a fancy map that's hyper optimized enclosure, um, really, right. Uh, yeah. Makes it work well. And so the other side of component that I didn't really understand for a while is, is component is there to help your, your thing get the parts it needs uh, in order to get its job done, right? And so it behooves you to separate out all the parts to get its job done. So in this case, I was thinking, okay, this, this core async channel, it's its own thing, right? And so you can actually just make it a component um, pretty cheaply. You don't have to in- implement an interface or anything. You can just add it oh. into the system map. Oh, oh and you, so mean, component- you don't even have to make it implement the lifecycle methods. It literally is just a, a right. channel reference. Right. And okay. so this is kind of what confused me, right? You can make this this class-like thing using def record and implementing a the lifecycle methods. And so I felt like, oh, this is a component object. But component is kind of flexible. It, it lets you basically turn any reference into a component. And if it doesn't implement the lifecycle method, it, it just sort of deals with that, uses reflection or something, and just moves on. So you could make a database connection a component. You could make a, I don't know, a core async channel or an atom a component or even uh, uh, you could, yeah. like if your configuration is a map, you could just make that a, a component that all your components take. Cause you don't even have to weave that in. Right. So it, it kind of conflates in a way that the concept of a resource and the concept of a component. And, and so that's kind of how I got confused. Right. Yeah, because you, and, and conflates in that it kind of makes them isomorphic. It sort of makes them the same thing, you know, different spins on the same thing. Yeah, so, if, it, so, if it detects that the that the thing you're trying to, to weave in implements that 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 interface, it just kind of does extra work. But otherwise, it just passes the reference along. So in that way, it kind of right. It's polymorphic in that way, yeah. Right, and so what we need to do to make this into a proper component system is we we define this map, and so I would say in this map we'd have a key for our our search like our new search query channel. So we call it like new search channel okay. and then we would just initialize its value to empty core async channel right so you write a function and then that function returns a map right and then you can pass whatever you want into that function to give it some context to set things up the right way like a configuration map we haven't really talked about handling configuration in apps so we'll defer that to the future but we'll write a yeah, function totally. called like new system and so then in new system it's going to return a map Mm-hmm. And and so what it returns is in that map, the key of the map is the name of the component. And so we would just have, like, have a key called like um, new search channel. 
And then we'd initialize its value just to be like a query async chan. And then um, we'd have another key for like web server. And then we'll initialize that to something. We'll get to that. And then we'll have another key called like polling, you know, poll. Searcher. Or let's call it the fetcher. Yeah, the fe fetcher. fetcher. We've been calling it the fetcher so far. The fetcher printer, right. the fetcher decacher printer, kind of a blob thing. <laughs> right. And so both of these, both of these things, we would, we, so we'd put both of those in separate files, put them each in their own little mini namespace. And then they, they, we use def record to make the, the official component structure. And then within our def record declaration, we, we go ahead and we, we implement the lifecycle method. Right. And so I think the start method, like we said before, you know, it just spins up the web server, associates that value into its own thing. And, and so the nice thing is within the scope of that def record, um, component, so component does this neat thing, right? You, you basically, you say, here are the fields that exist in this def record. And so we could have a field called new search chan, and, and then if you make that field match the same name that you had in the map, in your in component the, system In map, the system map, right. Right. Component goes, oh, look, this component requires a field called new search chan. Oh, the component system map has this field called new search chan. I'm going to instantiate this thing, and I'm going to pass it in. So it gives you kind of a, a clever little simple syntax for passing in other things into this thing. So this thing can just kind of be sort of purely declarative. Yeah. And I it, don't know. It, am I, do you, am I making sense? Well, it, it's a, it's a way of, it's a way of weaving in the dependencies that are in elsewhere in the system app. And so there, there is a, a, a convenience function that, that component gives you, I think it's called com component using. And so, if you, right. if you do that, then all the keys you, you, you add as arguments after that component will just automatically associate those into your map, into your component before it actually calls start. So it's already there. Right. It's, and it's it makes sure they're all instantiated and they're all started. If they need to, if they implement lifecycle, they need to be started. It does it all in the right order, which is, which is the big, you know, it, it, it figures Super out the, handy. The, the proper way of, 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 um, of of injecting dependencies <laughs> to use an OO right. term. Um, right. It, it's, it's declarative dependency injection. So it's uh, all, all the needle is gone, right? <laughs> all the pain of injection <laughs> removed. I mean, it, but behind the scenes, I mean, all component is doing not to trivialize it too much. It's, it's very well done, but it's literally just a, a you know, associating onto maps in the correct order. So it's got to, of course, figure out the right, what the right order is. But it's you could do all the same th work directly in your code. It's just a convenient way of being able to specify all those dependencies in a, in, a, in a concise map. So you know kind of this is where the intersection of all my application is together. Um, but then you can go look at each, each individual right. app component and be able to to reason about that component just by itself kind of referencing back to what you talked about earlier how you have to understand the entire application you can be like ah i can just think about just this namespace which is just this component and here's all the dependencies and i know they're going to be in there because components going to associate them in for me and then all i need to do is deal with my like for instance in the web server uh, one all i need to do is start the alf and then stop i need to stop it like that's all i need to do i don't have to worry about everything else Right. It's, it's like, 
giving you application parts like function parameters, kind of conceptually. Just like oh, when you yeah. write a function, you make a parameter and you don't worry about how how something gets passed in as a parameter. Like that that's entirely <laughs> the the problem of the caller. Right? That that is true. I, I I never inside of a function worry that closure is not going to be able to hand it hand me the the arguments. <laughs> that's a funny. It's it'd like, be, it'd be oh, yeah, horrible. If like, you had where a, did these arguments come from? <laughs> like like how did they get to this function? Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so component kind of does that with application parts. Right. So, so you can basically write a part and you, and you need to know like what that thing is. Like, is that a database connection that got handed to me? Or in this case, is that this, this search chan, this like new search chan? Like right. what, what, and you need to kind of know how that part works and what it is, but, but you don't need to worry about where it came from. You, you just know what it is and you can use it now. And then the beauty is right. at the top level, you, you get to see all of the application parts that exist and how they're all connected and what uses what, right? So, so never in a piece of code do you have something reaching over into some other namespace and instantiating some new stateful thing that then it passes some reference off to some other thing, right? So, so, so it gets you totally out of this business of currying around, like, like uh, ferreting around these references that are st to stateful things. Uh, in this kind of spaghetti mess, yeah, and 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 closure by being by having its default data structures be immutable, it kind of forces us into this world of of immutable components, so to speak, where you know the the other component that you get handed, you can, I mean, if it's a core async channel or something like an atom that you can mutate, sure, go ahead and do that, but for for the most part, it's going to be something that you can't actually modify, and so your application is like has these bulkheads between each of the components that you that you that you can safely reason about subparts of your application without having to have the whole thing in your head. Right. What I used to do before I came to Clojure and was faced with this problem of immutability, like immutability really caused me, oh, all kinds of trouble when I first started Clojure. It's hard, hard for me right. to kind of get over that hill. And so I used to have these like stateful global singletons. And, and so I'd use this factory pattern, right? Oh, I would call man. this factory and uh, like a database connection factory. And it would internally go, okay, have I, have I connected to the database? No, I haven't connected to the database. Okay, connect to the database and now update, mutate my own internal state and, and cache this connection and then pass it back. Because the database connections mm -hmm. that I use like MongoDB or MySQL or PostgreSQL, they're all thread safe. So you can just kind of share the connection around within your app. It deals with the threading. So I'd have this global singleton. And so then I came to Clojure and it's like, oh gosh, I can't do this global singleton thing. Or, I, or it's strongly discouraged to make these global stateful things. How on, earth can I, how, how on earth can I do that? So I very quickly discovered component and realized, ah, it, okay, I should have component make this database connection and pass it in to all uh, component, the library, <laughs> make this database connection and pass it into all the components, parts of my application that need a database connection. And then, and so the cool thing is component has this REPL that lets you like start and stop the system. So now you can, from the REPL, bring everything up and tear everything down uh, pretty easily from the REPL, which is super cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the big benefits of of having component and then the component REPL is that you can start and stop. So you have to make sure that your application stops though. 
you know, because. Right. So the I think the last little bit to stitch all this up and get it working is is basically the main function. It's going to start and stop the component system, right? So it needs to. Correct. So it's going to make this new component system. And then it, it gets a reference to this map, which is the instantiation of the system. And then it, it hands that to component and says, hey, start the system up. But the problem is, um, if you do this in your main loop and it just falls off the end of your main loop, your application's going to exit. So what I've done, so what I, I think we should do in this case is we should just register a shutdown handler. It's a Java thing. And then what we, we can start this component, we can start this component system and then we can create a promise and just have the main block on that promise. And then the shutdown handler is going to get called when we hit control C. And then that shutdown handler is going to dispatch the value to the promise. So then that main loop can, can exit. All right. And then so that, it way, holds, that it way holds the application open, so to speak. Otherwise it would fall off the end and it would, it would, it would exit. Because when the main loop, when the main right. func- when the main thread exits, the whole JVM comes crashing down. Um, so it's not a concern that we would have in the REPL because the REPL, so to speak, is the one holding the thing open. So we don't have to do any of this in the REPL, the REPL handling. But we do need right. to have it in the, in REPL the main. The REPL keeps main the the right the JVM alive, and so then the component REPL. So the the um, tool called the component REPL, <laughs> it gives you this function called like go. And so you can call go and then basically you, you, you implement this global reference to your, the function that can um, create a system. And so then it will start your system and then it has this function called stop. It will shut down. So it uses a little bit of global mutable magic in the REPL side of things, which is fine for the REPL, I think. And then it allows right. you to start and stop and start and stop and start and stop your component system from your REPL, which is super cool. So then I'll, what I'll do is I will do, I'll change the code, I'll save it, I'll use my um, Vim integration to reload that namespace, and then I'll go and I'll run reset, and then the, the component REPL will actually totally clean out the namespaces, load in all the new code, and then restart. Um, all the components, which is super cool. It's 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 very powerful, and ve- I can very quickly test things. Cool. So now now we have an application that after this refactor, we can start it and stop it in the REPL, but also it behaves well in, in when we run it just with closure main. Right, because we we have that little bit of the shutdown hook thing in main, and then basically the REPL or main both use components own abstraction for starting and stopping the whole shebang. And so that lets us pull that whole shebang out of main and start and stop it as needed. And, and, and it keeps each piece comprehensible, right? That's that, that. So yeah, it not only makes our application manageable, manageable, it makes our application developable. <laughs> it makes it so that we can continue right. on in our, in our complexifying this application as we, as we, it becomes more useful to us, but it, we can do it in such a way that we can still have fun uh, programming it and not get into a even larger ball of mud. <laughs> right. Which, we can keep each ball of mud in its own little basket. So <laughs> all the mud doesn't ooze together. <laughs> right. Oh yes. Cool. Well, this has been fun. Uh, I think it's been a good uh, trip down uh, component lane. <laughs> um, 
Well, thank you, everyone. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find our show notes and past episodes on the web at closuredesign.club. And also, you can find us on Twitter at Closure Design. Our email is feedback at closuredesign.club. Send us your questions and feedback. We've already received a number of emails. Some people have tweeted at us. We love to get all of that feedback. Thank you so much. And so, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Yep. Be sure. We'll be back next week. Until then, don't start a thread you can't finish. <laughs>